0: Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
1: Here we go. Reno's in on a Friday. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, right off the Strip, inside the Treasure Island for locals here in Vegas. Parking's always free. So come on down, hang out on a Friday. John Von Tobel is here from VSN, also part of Lotus Broadcasting and Cofield and Company, and. Frank from Seven Hills was uh, paying you a big compliment because he noticed that you were working overtime today. You already did some shows today. You rushed on down here to uh, join Cofield and Company. And I just wanted to mention, Frank said, the man is destined for great things in sports, and you guys had him first. Did you see my response?
2: I, I I was just reading it right now.
1: Does that hold any meaning for you? I actually said Starbucks had him first. That's where he cut his teeth. You ever think about... You know, your first jobs, and I'll call them real jobs because I have a lot of respect for people who work real jobs. This mm. is not a real job. It's a fun job. Was there anything at dealing with the public and working at Starbucks that got you ready? Oh, yeah. Either motivationally or maybe some skills you picked up in terms of chops? I mean, Arguing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, like it's it's a really good one. But cookie
1: uh, straw is not free. Don't just grab it.
2: Well, uh, I think I don't know if I've told this story before, but it's one of my favorite Starbucks stories. Where there was a lady who came up. We used to give the receipts for the hat, like the seventy nine cent refills on just plain coffee. Yeah. And I go, "Would you like your receipt?" And I do the spiel. She doesn't ignore it. She ignores. It. She goes, "Is the cream over there?" I go, "Yes." Would you like your receipt? Is it? W- and the sugar's over there. Yes. <laughs> Would you like your receipt? Okay. Thank you. Walks away. Twenty minutes later, I'm on bar and she comes up and I hear, "Hey, John." And I turn, and it's the lady, and she goes, She's asking. My coworkers. like, Oh, she's asking for that. I just go, No, no, I told you already. Oh, wow. I asked you three times, No. And it was almost like I was talking to a kid. You know yeah. what she did? Yeah. Just turned around and walked away because she knew. She knew she was ignoring me. Damn. She knew how it went. So that's where I learned how to be me, man.
1: Let's go. All right, that's a good way to launch into what I hope is a light big
0: four. Battleborne Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. Number Four.
1: Yeah, I was being sarcastic. I hope it's not light. Um, if you remember about three weeks ago, and then Damon is in for Ari. Damon, I want you to chime in on this too. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Joe Rogan was talking about John Jones and Tyson Fury. Fury, the 6'9, you know, great heavyweight boxer, and Jones had just come back and won the title. And. Rogan said that you know John Jones in a like a real fight would beat Tyson Fury. Fury responded angrily and he's like put us in a room and see who comes out. And I I went on the air that day and I was like uh, I would actually make John Jones a favorite to come out of the room against Tyson Fury. I would also make Joe Rogan a potential favorite 55-year-old Joe Rogan against Tyson Fury if he was able to kick him a couple of times cuz he's a he's like a black belt in taekwondo like you know his whole life. Um, well there was a podcast this week that talked to Dana White. I think this is really encouraging. Dana White addressed Fury getting all mad about John Jones and saying I would kick his ass, and talked about the notion of a John Jones Tyson Fury fight.
2: If Tyson Fury really wants to fight John Jones in the UFC, I will make it happen. And here's my thing right now to Tyson Fury: Tyson, if you're serious, Tyson and I have have, have a good relationship. I like Tyson Fury. Let's do it. I mean, if, if Tyson's serious and he wants to do it, listen, I got Floyd Mayweather to, to fight. We paid Floyd and got Floyd the number he wanted. If Tyson is serious and he wants to fight John Jones in the UFC, let's, let's start talking.
1: The key is at the end there, DeMond, because he said Fury, Jones, in the UFC.
0: Yeah, because why would Tyson Fury? I, first off, your Joe Rogan compliment there. No way is Joe Rogan. First off, he's a foot and a half taller than him. He would crush him. He still has to get inside on him. But I think Dana White's just talking. No way is he going to make this fight happen. He says we got Floyd the money. No, 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 no. Floyd got them the money.
1: Interesting. Do you think they can make this fight? And Fury would agree, John, no. to do an MMA fight in a cage. MMA rules.
2: No, because he knows he would lose. Yeah. I think that's that's exactly what would happen.
1: I don't. By the by the way, I don't think it's a guarantee because again, to Demond's point. John Jones at 6'4", would have to get inside of 6'9", but I have a feeling he would get in having to take a couple of shots. If he survived those shots and got his mitts on Fury, Fury would have no idea how to defend himself from going down to the ground.
2: That's the thing. Yes, it's a challenge to get inside, but once you get in, you're not getting him off of you. And then from there, I think it's all
1: over for Tyson Fury. And John Jones is a brilliant, so is Fury, a brilliant tactician. I was watching a video last night. It was an old... Recap of John Jones and Lyoto Machida, and Machida was a much smaller guy at six one, but really good, really creative. And Jones said, "Hey, early in the fight, man, he he had me red. Like every time I threw a kick, he countered with a punch before my kick landed, and he got me multiple times." We go to the corner, and my handlers start telling me, "Like you got to fake the kick, you got to make some adjustments." And John Jones made the adjustment, and then quickly freaking smashed uh, Machida, hurt him. And then got him in a position where he was able to put on a choke and he said I could have broken his neck. And you could see him lifting him off the ground. Yep. But the whole point is John Jones is one of those guys who evolves in a fight, can quickly make adjustments. But this fight would be and I'm excited to hear Dana White say this because I I don't know if it's you know Dana getting healthier. Um, you know, the the smack gate that went down in Cabo, maybe it's changed him a little bit. I really want to see them get back to this aggressive matchmaking, not only with MMA fights, but crossover fights would be great. And I will say I, uh, Demond, did you watch episode one of
0: Tough? I watched a little bit of it.
1: Okay, I watched the whole thing because I I faded from the show, but I want to see Conor McGregor back. Boy, Conor McGregor, guys, looks a lot different than he did. Uh, Yeah. First first of all, I don't think I realize how many times he's been punched in the nose or maybe collapsed it doing something else, but he's got, like, this flat nose now. And to your point, like, you're doing, like, the the flexing beast. He is huge. He is, like, 200 pounds. They joked at the beginning of the show, him and Chandler – um conor mcgregor's like you want to do 185 and chandler's like yeah if you want to now chandler's only like five seven and a half I mean, chandler could he, he i'm sure he walks around at 185 right so i have no idea where they're gonna fight i know adam hill has said that he doesn't believe that testing is going to be in place like right before the fight so if it's a test free fight i mean they could do it at 185 i mean i don't know what could be flowing through everyone's veins for that one but right. watch the show it's um He's entertaining. I mean, Conor McGregor's just an entertaining guy. Of
2: course he is. By the way, I didn't realize that about his nose. That's an important piece for him, so I'm surprised that it's Oh,
1: a- check it out. It is. He looks—I mean, o- old fighters often look this way. I I don't remember his nose being broken a bunch of times where it's it's flattened out. He looks like a different guy, and Chandler's just, you know, he's all mauled up because he wrestled at Missouri. His ears are all busted. His nose is, has, like, a dent in it.
2: Conor uses his nose a lot. I'm surprised he doesn't get it oh, fixed. That was That was the
1: subtle reference earlier. Number three.
2: <laughs> Number three. Sniffs out the weakness of opponent's eyes.
1: Okay. Obviously. We haven't heard uh, anything about Ja Morant in a few weeks. Kendrick Perkins, though, on first take with uh, Reddick and Stephen A. Started talking about Ja and maybe what needs to happen here in the
0: offseason. We know what the Memphis culture is like. Hell, I was about to go to Memphis. We know. Like, if you in the in the African-American community, you know about the rap songs. You know about Young Dolph. You know about Yo Gotti. You know about... Uh, finesse two times. You know about all these rappers and you know about the culture and the and everything that's going on in Memphis. Hell you see him sitting courtside, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying for Ja Morant, in my opinion, I actually think it would be better for him in another city on another team.
1: Damon, so what do you think of that? I know you sent that story over in Perkins talking about the Memphis culture.
0: I think it's a great culture. I think that the league is getting out of control with the Ja Morant narrative. He has gone and followed some of his former unfollowed former his his former associates on Twitter, on IG. So those are some of the uh, good stories you want to see there from all the Memphis people that I follow. That was a story at like 2 a.m. Ja's unfollowing people on Instagram and Twitter. So I mean, if he's making those steps, you know, to better his life or maybe change some of his decisions, I don't think that there's anything wrong. And Memphis is not going to let him go just because of a, a few of these incidents. I mean, they've invested too much money in him, and I don't think he wants to leave Memphis.
2: I mean, I think Kendrick Perkins has a great point. Before he got there, John Morant was a, a fine little Catholic boy that never got into any trouble. In fact, I don't think he'd ever touched a gun before he got like to Memphis. there's more
1: sarcasm here.
2: Yeah. Like I, It's the same thing when people say this stuff about Las Vegas, right? Do not blame a city and the culture in the city for one's own actions. John Morant's a big boy. He's decided to do what he wants to do. It has nothing to do with Memphis. You can still get in trouble everywhere else. We talk about this stuff all the time when it comes to the stuff that's out here and tied to Las Vegas. And I would say, too, to Daman's point, when you're talking about, because I saw some of these stories, too, about him unfollowing people. Are we sure he's just not appeasing certain people? Are we sure he's not just unfollowing for the visual of unfollowing folks as opposed to, you know, just doing it and then still hanging out with the exact same people? Because I'll say this, Adam Silver the other day, when he talks about having more information, didn't sound too thrilled about what he found out about John Moran.
1: Number two. All right, we're a few days removed from the Celtics. I'm not even sure what to call it. Can't call it a collapse because they mounted a great comeback, but Joe... Cities like Boston, New York, and Philly are so amped up that they want blood after a team underachieves or doesn't reach their expectations. And there's been a lot of this get rid of Missoula, move on Tatum, or Jalen Brown. Uh, I know when you were on v someone broached that topic. You got to calm down, John. You are You are freaking fired up. Play this. Trade Jalen Brown. Depth doesn't matter in the playoffs, JVP. I want want Lillard, uh, Kevin Garnett, 2.0, to send this team over
3: the
2: top. Watch the (laughs) Suns get smacked by the Nuggets. There's nobody. What are you talking about?
1: Okay. So your response to trade Jalen Brown was what? So
2: first off, it was like I – This narrative irritates me because do you know how many teams, I'm a Clippers fan, how many teams would kill for a young core that has played in the conference finals three out of the last four years and has been to the NBA finals one time and was two minutes away from a 3-1 lead in the NBA finals? Everybody, everybody would do it. And what's stupid is when I hear people say, you can't win with this core. What? Do Do you watch them? Do you understand what's happening and how hard it is to do what this core has been doing this entire time? And so when you hear me reference, you know, the, the Nuggets just got – or the, the Suns just got smacked by the Nuggets. My, my thing is, if you're trading for guys because the concept I was thrown to me is just go get Damian Lillard. Like, it's not that easy. And when you trade for guys, you sacrifice your depth. Look what happened with Phoenix. They traded everything for Kevin Durant. And what happened? They got steamrolled by the Denver Nuggets, and it needed two historic performances at 44 minutes at home just to extend that series out to six games. It's a dumb conversation. LeBron, MJ, all of these guys who won their first titles when they were 27 or older, they're 25 and 26, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Will we relax here? This is the best shot at winning a title. And everyone's like, break them up. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard.
1: Yeah, they haven't got it right yet, and they also caught a bad break. They had a great coach. It turned out that Emi Odoka is a clown, right? or at least used really poor judgment in you know doinking around the organization with subordinates. You can't do it. You also so, can't
2: talk about it in public when you're in that office with you, those people.
1: Yeah, you also can't follow up by, you know, going at the lady. Um, so, they caught a bad break there. They actually had a great coach. And they've made some moves that just haven't worked out. But those those guys are the core. Yes. And they're not 32.
2: That, that's the key So, part. you don't
1: need to move on. It doesn't mean everything's broken. I, I Listen, I saw the same thing after Philly got bounced. It was like, that's it. Get rid of Embiid. You know, time to rebuild. Like, chill. Chill. Now, I, I think... I think that pressure every year makes those towns really good sports towns and it puts an awful lot, I'll use the word pressure again, on the organizations to stay at a high level. So that's a good thing. But those organizations that are run well, you can't listen to the average Joe on the street and you certainly can't listen to us, those who are most hyperbolic. A lot of times we're just doing bits anyway. I don't do that. You don't do that. Um, but, you know, stay the course and the Celtics will be just fine. Top story? Number one. I want to carry this over because I want to get back to the A's and some of the coverage of the A's and some of the developing stories around the A's and the stadium they're trying to get done here and build off of, once again, the job that Foley has done with McPhee, with McCrimmon, the maturity of the organization, but the standards, the high standards that have been set. This hour is brought to you by Battleborne Injury Lawyers. Give them a call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766 1400.
0: ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
1: Rolling on, Reno and Vegas on board. We're here on the Vegas Strip, Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. National Donut Day. We'll have to get into a breakdown of donuts, as only we can do. Uh, We'll get to that later on. But we were finishing up the Cofield & Company Big Four as we get ready for Game number one of the Stanley Cup Finals. VGK tomorrow taking on the Florida Panthers. And the, the story is incredible. It's really cool. Great organization. You know, they fell on their faces last year. They played the injury game. It didn't work out. They had injuries this year. At goalie, they took a risk with Jack Eichel being ready to go. He's ready. Mark Stone was hurt this year. But, you know, they also they rolled the dice, moved on from a pretty good coach and Pete DeBoer and added uh, Butchie. Bruce Cassidy, that's worked out really well. And I see it. I see it mostly on social media with hockey fans outside the market. This is not a well-regarded, probably not the right word, well-liked organization. You see it? Did the RJ do a piece on this?
2: Yeah, so I was looking through some for some stories today, and one of the headlines that I found was, uh, why does everyone hate the Golden Knights, which is really just the fan bases, but it, it really it stemmed from a post that was found on Reddit, which was kind of tying into all of this, and the hate that the Vegas Golden Knights get, and a lot of the responses on there as well, which were exactly it, but here's the thing, and we've hit on this a couple of times, and I've been on, I know you guys have hit it too, a lot of it stems From the expansion draft and people saying they were handed a championship team. When in reality, you can find within five seconds ten-ish think pieces on how bad the Vegas Golden Knights were going to be after that expansion draft. It it takes two seconds. Sports betting-wise, their point total, I think that year was 62.5, if I remember correctly, somewhere in that range. Nobody thought that that team was going to be any good. But it's revisionist history because they become good, and you're like, no, they were They were given a lenient expansion draft. And even guys that we look about, like William Carlson and others, like teams were offering picks. Take these guys. We don't want them. And then here they are, cores to what we're talking about here, is Uh another appearance of the Stanley Cup Finals.
1: Riley Smith, if I'm correct on this one, I think I have it right, right? Riley Smith and Marshy came from the Panthers, and the Panthers were like, please take Marshy. Right. Here's the agreement. Please take him.
2: uh, Mark Andre Fleury, was it not? Hey, like we'll, we'll give you something. Like, please take him, okay? Like, come on. It's it's ridiculous. And it's the very core. It's one word. It's jealousy. It is hard to recognize that a newcomer can come in, and especially with the management set, because we talked about this all the time. All of it starts at the top with Bill Foley. And for a new face to come in and go, I can hire a staff that I think can build a team, find diamonds in the rough, right. and we can become competitive. And not only that, but enough with the draft. Because they have rebuilt and retooled this team multiple times in different position groups, it's not about the draft anymore. It's about an organization that knows what they're freaking doing and how to sustain a culture. And here they are now, potentially on the verge of winning their titles. We talked about first one in six years, just like their man, just like their owner thought they could do. Well,
1: too many fans around sports when their organization is consistently bad will buy the "woe is us," the deck is stacked against us, instead of looking internally and going no it's our fault it's our management's fault it happens all the time in baseball you have some piss poor baseball organizations and are like the fans small market small market the minnesota twins have blown that out of the water the tampa rays have blown that out of the water so for the pittsburgh's and the kansas cities and even oakland and the marlins to a certain extent the marlins are actually a pretty decent organization now for the fans to buy that it's some outside force that's preventing you from winning. No, it's your ownership. And around hockey, I you know I mentioned the other day, Dave Poolin, former player, working with uh, TSN in Canada, did a really good like two and a half minute piece that talked about hey, are the Panthers and Golden Knights good for hockey? You know, non traditional markets. But part of the part on the Golden Knights, I, I thought one of the things he mentioned was this is a league that does, or that have has believed for a long time, you can't make trades. You can't make trades. Really? Is Golden Knights don't believe that. George McPhee doesn't believe that. Kelly McCrimmon doesn't believe that. They've built their team off of trades since the first year. They've acquired multiple superstars. That was the other thing Poolin said, you know, getting superstars, but especially a center? Oh, the, you know, around the league, yeah, it was really tough. Really? No. Hey, Jack Eichel was damaged goods. Right? you got to roll the dice sometimes. They went and got Mark Stone. They uh, You know, Petrangelo was a free agent, but they've gone out and they've They've traded for every layer of player, a fourth round pick for freaking Aiden Hill, Mm -hmm. a fourth string goalie in the organization, technically third because Leonard was down. They've worked the trade market brilliantly. And you, you see other teams that either aren't committed enough to make trades and spend money wallow in misery for years and years and years. That's not a Vegas golden Knights advantage. They've made the moves. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. So the jealousy, I get it. Like I, I am jealous of other organizations, like, say, with the Jets, right? They've been losers forever. But it's not some limitation that the league is throwing at the Jets. It's on the Jets. And that's the thing. For you, you understand that. And I willingly admit when
2: somebody tells me, oh, you're just jealous, yes, yes, I am. And I'm willing to admit it, you know? But for all these people, like you said, to just point to some something that happened six years it's ago. It's the league. Right. That's not the way it is. And you know what? This is the other thing, because I was reading a little bit about this today, too, about how, you know, like, oh, you know, Canadian folks aren't going to be tuning in to the Stanley Cup Final because – then stop sucking! You know what I mean? Like, if, if, you're, if you're that mad that Florida and Vegas are in the Stanley Cup Final, be better. It's the greatest adjustment ever. Just stop sucking, and then you'll be there.
1: All right, so let's build off of this, right? Yeah, screw Canada! No, we – We were just doing some traditional sports talk. I'm not saying it was the highest level stuff or the deepest stuff you've ever heard, right? We do that. We like sports. John goes, you know, very deep divey on the sports gambling world. He loves the NBA, you know? I love college sports. I can go deep divey on that, especially UNLV. So we've built certain expectations in terms of a sports talk show. I've gone back and forth a lot on how we're covering the A's. And we're going to examine this on several fronts. I think we've been really honest as residents of Vegas, not just sports guys. Seeing baseball potentially on the way. But I also question how we're doing it. Maybe we should just be, yeah, rah, 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 baseball. Awesome. Another major league team. I think that's to be debated. So the other day, John and I are doing Cofield and Company. Was that Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday. And we're rolling a little video. It's up on Facebook. And one of the guys who covers the A's and is covering the A's story from the Oakland side of things in the Bay Area is uh, Brody Brazil, who's at NBC Bay Area. And he played some of our audio. And he seemed to be blown away that we had a decent depth of knowledge on more than just the A's, baseball, baseball. but we also covered the political angle, money angles, what's been going on in Oakland. It was it was weird to kind of hear this and I just wanted to get John's impression and have the audience listen to it. So, he's doing a YouTube video here and he's going to use some of our audio. So, let's play a uh, cut number 1 here from uh, Brody Brazil.
3: But now we're actually getting into sports radio. And and let me just say this from from Cofield and Company, the radio program on ESPN 1100 AM and what is it 100 point nine fm typically i've been sticking with the the news media here because i i do understand or it's my impression that they understand the political side of this the the structure side of this hopefully the financial side of this get they've got some of the away from sports perspectives but i also want to say here i do think it is relevant to hear from True sports people, people with a sports vibe in Las Vegas, like boots on the ground in Las Vegas. Because if a stadium is going to necessitate 70% of, of local attendees, it's important what these sports people have to say about
1: it.
2: It is. yeah, It is. It makes me feel a lot more important than I really yes. is, too, by the way. boots
1: on the ground. Because <laughs> I guess we're going to be the ones who are pitching this to the sports fans of Las Vegas. Uh, Mr. Brazil, continue. I and mean, people were pointing out some of the slides with just outright lies. This is the sports community. You
3: always want another team. If you have the chance to land Major League Baseball, Cofield. That must be Cofield on the right, and Company must be on the left. I, I don't I don't know both of their names. I, I'm sorry, I'm just not familiar with the program, but i sports people, like to generalize all of us, we're all usually in favor of more sports teams coming to our town.
1: Nah. No. Right. No. I'm, be- a, I'm a sports fan, but I'm also a resident of Las Vegas. So I have thoughts as a resident that supersede what benefits me. And and to Brody's point, I think in most places, sports guys are like, yeah, I'm going. they're not going to say this, but like it's going to help the station. It's going to help me make more money. It's going to make me look like I'm in a bigger market because there's more major league sports. I don't care. I never have. I think it's awesome that the Raiders are here. It has helped our station immensely. I think – Golden Knights and their success has been awesome. But my whole existence is not sports. And, and sadly, and maybe this is, I, I think Bay Area Sports Radio is pretty good. Maybe this is what he's grown accustomed to uh, in the Bay Area where they don't talk about nuts and bolts and stuff outside of sports when there are issues outside of sports. But we do because I talk to regular people all the time and they care about stuff like this. Now maybe we should be dumbing it down and just going rah-rah, Bring them here. Who cares you know, about the site or the traffic or the amount of money or what this could be costing us or what it could be preventing us from getting in Las Vegas? I just think that's a, a weird approach. It doesn't surprise me that most people approach it that way. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. There are, are a lot of radio stations that probably tell their host, hey, we need this here. This is our money. You support this or else. Lotus doesn't do that. They haven't done it so far. So I'll play a little more of this when we come back. But uh, it was really interesting watching and hearing from people outside the market on how we're talking about the A's. Yeah, it's not 100% behind it. We care about the small details.
0: It's Colefield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
1: So we were just talking about the A's, and hey, the deadline's coming, right? June 5th, that's Monday. I think it all gets done by Monday, but a lot of the details won't be finished, and we care about the details. And I'm excited about Major League Baseball in town. I hope the A's will up their payroll by like $100 million with the infusion of our money and tourist money. I'm not so confident they'll do that. I think a stadium anywhere near the Strip, if it's done well, is going to be great. So I like baseball. Um, I like it a lot. Now, we've covered it, though, from all angles, and that is, hey, we want to know what the details are because – these things do matter to us and our listeners. Some listeners don't care. Hey, whatever it costs, it ain't going to cost me. So then that's a listener potentially saying that. I just don't care. But we were just playing some audio from one of the dudes in Oakland, and there's a couple of guys, Casey Pratt from ABC7 and Brody Brazil from NBC Bay Area, have done a really good job of, because you can tell outside of their regular gig, they're going to YouTube, they're going to social media, and they're putting together like high-level videos, and it's really informative. Um, and I watch them. Because that's what I do. I want to be informed, right? I never feel like I'm informed enough on topics, so I've been paying attention. Last bite from uh, Brody Brazil, who was playing some of our audio and was just blown away that we weren't just gung-ho, rah-rah, over the top for the A's and the stadium with what we currently know. And I guess we'll take this as a compliment. This is a terrible deal as compared to the one that they had at Howard Terminal in Oakland. Howard Terminal? I mean, Cofield, whoa. I don't
3: know how many people in Las Vegas are even aware of Howard Terminal. Like, the name Howard Terminal, for that to be for that to be included here, like, you know when you talk about credibility points? Woo, that just shot through the roof. Howard Terminal was mentioned. Here's somebody who, again, has, like, you could see the level of, of detail and understanding here to know about even bringing up the name Howard Terminal. Because most other news stations and stories, oh, attendance, Coliseum, bad record. Here's somebody actually talking about Howard Terminal.
1: Yeah, that's why you need to reference sports people. I, I take all that as a compliment. It's kind of absurd. It's, Anyone who talks about the A's and what they've been dealing with in moving here and what was going on in Oakland should know where they've been negotiating the site and have a lot of that information. So, But maybe it says, hey, just how little some people think. And expect from Sports Talk Radio, which is kind of embarrassing. Um, but here's the other thing. I, I really believe that most people outside of Las Vegas have no idea who we are here in Vegas and what our sports fans are like. Because we never had Major League Sports, our fans, and we're transplants, so we have a lot of experience from other markets, our fans here are very nuanced. Not all of them, mm-hmm. but they're very, very nuanced, and they're smart. So I'm not going to sit here and speak to you guys in the audience like you're idiots. Like, you know what's going on. You follow politics. You follow politics. You know what happened with Allegiant. You know about public funding. You know about uh, about other stuff we need. So, thank you to Brody. Uh, maybe everyone around the country should raise the bar a little bit and make sure that you're informed, so you can inform your audience on these mega deals for billions of dollars.
2: I am kind of surprised by that too, because when we were talk about this, I feel pressure to look everything up and, and do <laughs> that and be informed.
1: Well, you should, right? Right. I mean, you really should, and and we haven't. We have. We've never played the angle. F Oakland. And we've never played the – and we never did it with the Raiders. Yep. But you don't want them. No, we're – I feel bad for a market like that. And this could happen – by the way, this could very much happen to us in 30 or 35 years if we don't dot the I's and cross all the T's on all these stadium deals.
2: Man, I can't imagine all, building all this and then losing them. <laughs>
1: uh, National Donut Day, we got to get to that. We just munched on some donuts courtesy of JVT. But on the way back, I, I get another one, i got to read up on this, and i got to see the insider. I don't know why Shannon Sharp has gone from the Shannon and Skip show. But he is. Who's going to replace Shannon with Skip? It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling.
3: I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners! 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 Free! 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 Free!
1: JVT's here. He's a gambling expert. All right, John. Vegas has posted the numbers on who will replace Shannon Sharp. <laughs> Oh, wait, Vegas isn't doing that, but uh, we'll take credit for it. Uh, One of the offshore books wants in on this news story, as they do often, and it's a smart move by books who can accept a little bit of cash, a little bit of scratch on stuff like this. Let's go to the front end of the story. I guess I'm not shocked that Shannon Sharp is not going to be with Skip on that Undisputed show, but I would like to know, and I'll admit I have not read up on this. I don't know what the rumors are. Because there's a laundry list of things that have happened. Why is Shannon gone? Did he quit or did he get fired? Uh, I think he quit.
2: And if you look at, like, uh, some of the history here on Twitter in terms of tweets liked and whatnot, uh, it does seem pretty clear that he he doesn't really like Skip Bayless. Like, for example, he liked a tweet from three hours ago. Glad you're moving on from Colonel Sanders, Shannon. He did not appreciate your accolades, character, professionalism, hard work, and personality. Move on and may
1: the Lord bless you. Oh no! He's liking yep. He's social media me. crapping on Skip. Yep, yep. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean he left voluntarily.
2: Voluntarily, I mean, no, not necessarily. You're right. I think it's probably do we do we go with a mutual parting of
1: ways kind of deal? But well, on the he could have been fired part, he is still facing a pretty serious lawsuit from Brett Favre, That's because cool. unlike Pat McAfee and others who Favre went after for defamation. What Shannon said was a little too uh, declarative. I'll paraphrase. He stole money from people in Mississippi who needed it. That is to be examined in the courts. If it does go to court, maybe it'll be settled. So maybe Fox got out from underneath it. Now, if you go back, there's been plenty of times where Shannon completely lost it and flipped out on Skip Bayless, including with the DeMar Hamlin thing where Skip tweets something out, Shannon does not show up the next day to do the show. Right. Like, I'm not doing the show with him. So on that side, you know, Shannon had an out somehow and got out of it. I could believe that too. Yeah, because you're right, because it is a buyout agreement
2: with Fox Sports overall. So he's leaving the whole network. It's not just not going to do Undisputed anymore. So that's probably maybe it could be part of it. I, I mean, I also think – is it one of those things where he is getting bought out, they don't want him there, but it's also like, sure, I'll take him, man. You're buying me out, I'll take the rest of my contract, and I don't want to work Skip anymore, so we'll do this. But to your point, too, when there's reports coming out that Skip Bayless is going to have the final say on who his co-host is going to be, and that it is going to be somebody who, quote, won't outshine or outsmart Skip Bayless, yeah. that's, I mean, to me, that's a red flag. I think that's really poor. I know that generally people who watch that program are probably not reading reports like that and don't really care. But, I mean, I just – I don't know why that would be something that you want to view.
1: Do you think Shannon Sharp was out shining Skip?
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Okay, I thought you would answer honestly and say, I don't watch the show. Because oh, I, mean, I don't watch the show, but I see the clips. So, if Skip's going to be mad at anyone, he should be mad at himself that Shannon is getting the lion's share of the attention on social media and videos because he's better than Skip if, if their contract must be freaking ironclad on the Skip side where – like, Fox can't get out of it. Like, they wanted him so badly that they threw him $6, $8 million, and he's got every right of refusal. Because, to me, Shan is the star of the show. He's the one who gets the most attention, I think. But I, I watch it on social media. So maybe they believe Skip is, you know, he's leading to the ratings and good numbers, but I've also seen the numbers, and the numbers aren't that good, on traditional TV.
2: No, and the reason why I answered that question, because I don't watch the show, but you hit it on the head. If I see anything from Undisputed, it is tied to Shannon Sharp. And that's all on social media. Shannon Sharp has become, you know, at times a meme for what he has done on there in a, in a respectful way, not a dunking on him way. Like, he's become like a social media craze to a certain extent with his antics on the show. So I think he does outshine Skip Bayless. Anytime Skip Bayless is brought up in the masses when it comes to the echo chamber that is Twitter, it is often to dunk on Skip Bayless or to have a problem with what Skip Bayless said, not for positive light. And like I said... If you're putting Skip Bayless on a show with somebody who he thinks is an easy mark, who he can just trample over, and it just becomes a Skip Bayless show, of somebody getting shouted at and shouted down, that that becomes what well, was already, I think, a very unentertaining show, much less entertaining if it's in that prism.
1: If there's a non-compete and Shannon Sharp can work right away, I think he's going to have a boatload of offers. I think so, too. And man. if I were ESPN, you're adding Pat McAfee, hopefully to radio as well. I don't know if that's going to happen, but McAfee show is going to be a game-changer for ESPN. J.J. Redick has been awesome. Like, you're looking at me, what, on McAfee? Well, no, 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 no.
2: I have I have a landing spot for Shannon
1: Sharp. Okay. Uh, I think Redick has been awesome with Stephen A. on basketball. Now, he'll he'll probably go, well, it'll be a busy offseason for the NBA. There always is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think J.J. Redick's great, and he's one of the few guys, a former athlete who walked right in with Stephen A., with – Mad Dog uh, Russo, and he's like, I don't care what you guys have to say. Here's my you know, intelligent response. I played the game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think his chops are great. I think Shannon could do this. same exact thing. I think he'd be great on ESPN. Um, and nothing against the, the current ESPN radio lineup, man. I would love to see a lot of these guys doing radio and be on every day, Monday to Friday, because it would help us a lot. Yeah, I, I, I love Shannon Sharp. I think he's awesome. So where should Shannon go? you're looking at the next big host for FanDuel TV. So you think one of the gambling channels is going to jump in with I, giant money? I,
2: I don't think it's one. I think it's or I don't think it's any. It's it's one. Why I mean, is that? Cuz FanDuel TV has put in a lot of money into just adding names.
1: I thought DraftKings just released a whole lineup, including some of your shows and then Levitard and
2: I will say, I think they are, but DraftKings DraftKings clearly has like one lane that they're in and it's a lot of people connected to Dan Levitard and Metal Arc Media. Right. They're they're not really going for names outside of that bubble. Who does you, have? So they've got Kay Adams, they've okay. got Michelle Beadle, they've got Shams, um, they've got a couple of those other people that are kind of all in that sphere. And those, are, and those are like wide outreach. And like, K Adams doesn't have anything to do with, like, you know what I mean? And, and the yeah. DraftKings network that's coming out now, a lot of it is tied to Metal Arc Media. Then there's us at v But if you look at FanDuel, their tentacles have reached out a lot farther. Maybe I'm
1: not seeing. Again, I consume this stuff on social media. I'm yeah. probably not going to watch a two-hour live video stream. I see K Adams. I don't see Beatle ever on social media. And who's the other person you mentioned? I mean, Shams is part of it. They have and another I, live I hardly show. see Shams at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know that world that, that well. But here's the thing with so that: we know they have money.
2: Exactly, they have money, and for that, it's the same thing with Kay Adams. You're not brought in to be a gambling expert. You're brought in to be a name that people will follow and watch, and then your show becomes an infomercial. And McAfee
1: was Fanduel. Yes, he was. So now they have that hole. Yep. And they have that money. Yep. Interesting. I don't know if they'll do that. I think the lure of being on ESPN, you know, on a on a good show. This stuff's like it's so next level now in terms of the money out there on the TV programming and how much there is online. Who knows who you know who's kicked the tires so far with Shannon Sharp? Mm-hmm. Um, on the skip can pick whoever he wants. The odds that are up. This this list is it's horrific. It's I mean it, this is just for fun. Um, from the bottom, the longest odds. <laughs> Tom Brady fifteen to one. Marcellus Wiley, who's in house, right? I believe so. At yeah. FS1. Yeah. Nine to one, Ray Lewis nine to one, Brian Dawkins nine to one, Chad Johnson nine to one, Scotty Piven, eight. I mean my guess is they're gonna rotate. I don't think Nick Wright no. is at all Nick Wright's a lead. He's not a match at all with Skip Bayless. He's
2: also I think I mean this kind he's too smart. Yeah. He he would push back too much and it would be too yeah.
1: yeah. Russo, mad dog Russo, New York radio guy, he he's found a spot. Yep. Uh, Kendrick Perkins, probably not. I don't know if this this book has some inside information, but the favorite is Sean Salisbury. It, it, there is inside information. He, he, really, he
2: allegedly is at the top of the, like near the
1: top. Of really, the house. yeah. So I don't know if people you know know what happened to Sean Salisbury, but he was a fast riser at ESPN, and then he took a picture of his wiener and repeatedly showed it to people around the office, including women. Yeah. So now, can you come back from being a jackass? Yes. I also.
2: Can I, can I don't you?
1: want to go too deep on this. I actually, I, I guess he 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 could be good on that. I don't know. I he sent something out a while back that was it was like ripping college athletes, and I I went at him on social media, which I never do because I understand a lot of times just guys you know looking for attention, and not that I'm bigger than him, I'm not. He's still a gigantic name as compared to me, but he just kind of backtracked and deleted the tweet. I was like, that was wimpy, right? That's not very undisputed, like. No. You never go back down.
2: Also, that also stems from him tweeting at FS1. I'll pay my own way for the interview. Oh, Just really? let me get in there. So, I'm sure that probably stems from it. Who knows? Like I, I said, don't. I don't think it's
1: anyone on this list. My, you know or what? if it is, I think they're going to have a developmental run, like for the net, up until football season, we'll have a rotation of like five, six people. So,
2: knowing the parameters of what Skip wants, I hope this doesn't come off as insulting. I think I know somebody who would fit perfectly with them. That he wants, that he would want, he'd be comfortable with that is also under the Fox umbrella. How, this is Jason McIntyre, right?
1: Uh, yeah, Jason right now is a sidekick with Cowherd. I think I think that's where he belongs.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. I think though. that's you what want, he's good at. You want a two. You want, for lack of a better term, a beta that would come in there and just, you know, argue with you a little bit but not outshine you.
1: I don't think it's the right mix.
2: But that's what I think you're thinking about this wrong. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're right. You're right, that type of person. Yeah. Who's going to be twenty percent of the show?
2: By the way, and when I say beta, I don't mean like the generic insult of calling him a beta. I mean like the secondary option.
1: How about try out mm, five or six women? Nah, I can't. Do and that. that's it—just female, and not a lead.
2: I mean, I because like-
1: we've seen female leads who go on these shows are like, well, what's going on here? I don't get to talk. Okay, this time they're not—they're not the third of three. It's the two.
2: Would it be – I know she has her own show there, I think. Would it be a step up if they used Joy Taylor? For she's, her, I mean.
1: She's not doing that show, I don't think. She basically has her own
2: show. That's what I'm saying. But would that be a step up in terms of pay and whatever it is, like to I put her know. on a platform like that?
1: I could see, I think she's already too high that's to what go I, into a show that's like That's kind of that. what I think. Yeah. <laughs> I like Joy Taylor. That's and, by I'm the way, like. that's another person. Uh, Fox does a really good job on social media and pushing their videos out. And she's, like, she's all over the place. She's got good takes. I, I – you can tell. This is probably, you know, maybe we're getting a little too hardcore here. You can kind of tell as people develop in the media what their role is and kind of when they out, outgrow the role, right? That's right. Okay, John. John's, John's thumping his chest. All right, National Donut Day. Uh, John got us in-house, right? There's yeah. a there's a uh, donut place here. You got us a variety of donuts. Um, I took, uh, like, the, plain, the most plain donut I could take. Sugar donut, yeah. Yeah. Angel smashed the custard. And you did what, or you're going to do what?
2: Lemon filled one.
1: Okay, all right. That's adventurous. Damon, when you go get donuts, like what do you have to have? What's your choice?
0: If I'm going to get them myself, I need the Krispy Kreme, just the original glaze. I can eat a, okay. you know, I can eat a dozen by myself. But when work brings in the fancy donuts, I'm always looking for a red velvet. Yeah, those are good.
1: Hmm. Um, I'll shout out for free another donut place because I grew up on Duncan. Um, my choice at Dunkin' is actually, like, the cakey, chalky, yeah. basic donut, which I think most people are like, I'm shocked that you just said, yeah. Well,
2: because it's good in coffee. You dip it in coffee. Yeah, really most people are
1: like, I'm, I don't want that. But that's what I, I've mentioned this a million times. Uh, when you hear every once in a while, I go, like, full Cornholio with the sugar. It's Cofi- you know Cornholio Cofield. I go nuts like Beavis. When I was a kid, sugar was very restricted. Oh yeah, I got really crazy. So I did not grow up on, like jelly donuts or like these glazed ones or but i'll tell you the new age donuts now you throw some bacon on there yep i'll go sweet
2: bacon maple's good my top donut i've come around it the last like five years or so best donut out
1: there the apple fritter really love it that's an upset all right this hour in reno brought to you by our friends at battleborn injury lawyers justin and matt call from anywhere in the state of nevada battleborn injury lawyers 766-1400